Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. The Seattle Seahawks have made a trade here on Wednesday. They get Carlos Dunlap from the Cincinnati Bengals, the former second-round draft pick by the Bengals in 2010. The Seahawks send B.J. Finney, backup center, to Cincinnati, along with a seventh-round draft pick. And here to talk about it is Anthony Casenza from the Cincy Jungle. Anthony, welcome to the show. How's it going, Brandon? Good to talk to you again, man. Yeah, I know. it's uh, it, it feels like it's been forever since that week one game between the Seahawks and Bengals. You guys have a, a brand new first round, first overall draft pick quarterback, quarterback in the team. We both lost 37-34 this last week, so I guess we can console each other on, on the <laughs> close games. Uh, but uh, we have some big news. Big news broke this uh, this morning, and really it's kind of been something, at least from the Bengals side of the fence, it's been something that's been brewing for a couple of weeks now. Uh, there's been a little bit of discontent from Carlos Dunlap's side of things. There's been a growing disconnect between he and this coaching staff that is still young and experienced and trying to find their own way. And really, I think there are a lot of factors, and I think we can discuss that, but there are a lot of factors that played into how this trade came to be on Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, because if you would have told me this trade happening in the offseason, I think it would have been a much bigger surprise because Dunlap is coming off some really nice years with the Bengals and really a nice career with the Bengals. I mean, you go back, look over his career since 2010. He's had two Pro Bowl seasons. And I mean, it just one of the top pass rushers for the Bengals. And you know, if if you would have said and told me in the offseason that would you rather have Jadevian Clowney coming in and coming back or a guy like Carlos Dunlap, it, it would be kind of a coin flip, I think, for for Seahawks fans the way Clowney played out last season and and looking at uh, Dunlap's salary cap here going into the 2020 season. I, I think there are a lot of things here that make sense for all parties involved in terms of what was dealt, what was received, and and all of that. I think the Bengals also shed a little bit of salary cap space both this year and next by getting rid of Dunlap. So maybe they'll, this will free them up to make a necessary free agency move next offseason as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, Dunlap's been, in terms of a Bengals player and productivity standpoint, he's been really, really consistent. He's always sniffing around that 8 to 10 plus sack range. He has done so since 2010. Um, he's been a guy that is, he's massive in size. I've, you know, met him and talked to him in person. He is absolutely massive. He's about six, six plus and, uh, you know, 280 or so huge wingspan. And what it just for in case Seahawks fans don't really know about his skill set, he's a pretty good pass rusher. He's not, you know, excellent. He's had a couple of years where he's done pretty well in terms of rushing the passer sack numbers, et cetera. But, He's excellent at batting down passes at the line. He has been, he and J.J. Watt have really been the tops in that type of aspect. And it's one that really goes overlooked from defensive ends. You know, that's an aspect of his game that is very, very valuable. He is decent against the run. But here's the thing, Brandon, and I think this is where there's a little bit of disconnect, I guess, from expectations of Carlos Dunlap and and that sort of thing. And in the last couple of seasons, he's been really feast or famine in games. And if you go back, he had nine sacks overall last year, pretty decent number. But six of those sacks came in three games against a really not a great Raiders team that they almost beat, a very, very poor Jets team, and then a Browns team that packed it in at the end of the year. That's where six of those sacks came from alone. It wasn't just, you know, a sack, a sack and a half here kind of throughout the season. So there was a real consistency issue last year 
he's really been a model uh, of, and I can tell you a little bit more about his background, I'm sure, but uh, he's really been kind of a model of consistency really until the last two seasons, I would say. So it does sound like it has been a, a steady progression to this year because through these first six games, it sounds like Bengals fans and maybe the, the franchise itself just hasn't been all that happy with his production to to this point in the season. And, and from what you're saying, it goes back to last year as well. Yeah, and I think also there was a fit from when he was drafted up until through the Mike Zimmer days, through the Paul Gunther days, when they were the defensive coordinators on this team. And then, you know, when Lou Anarumo came on as the Bengals defensive coordinator under Zach Taylor, he really wanted to be multiple on defense. It wasn't just going to be kind of that strict 4-3 traditional type of defensive look. And he really wanted to be multiple. He wanted to have a lot of rotations up front. That's why the Bengals invested pretty heavily along the defensive line in general this offseason. He wanted to have a lot of different looks, keep guys fresh. And really, it was supposed to be a benefit to Dunlap and Geno Atkins as they are kind of getting towards the tail end of their career. Keep them fresh and rotate other looks in there and, and just mix things up. That was the idea. And it has not worked. It has not worked for Dunlap. It has not worked for the Bengals. And slowly you started to see Dunlap snaps dwindle, dwindle, dwindle over the past couple of weeks. And, um, you know, this has kind of come to a head. And I don't know if Seahawks fans have paid attention, but, you know, Dunlap has used his his social media to really kind of make some passive aggressive posts and videos and all kinds of things, um, which is really disappointing because Dunlap, I guess from a Bengals fan perspective, it's disappointing because Dunlap has really been a guy who has been active in the in the Cincinnati community. He's been a great, great player and great guy off the field for this team. And it's really sad to see it kind of degenerate, that the relationship degenerate to where it's at now. And, and it, it is a two-way street. I, I, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, and I think that's what Seahawks fans, I think, have to be hopeful for, is that maybe these last two years are just a culmination of to where maybe his attitude is bringing down his production. And so now maybe playing for a potential playoff contender, something that the Bengals haven't been for the past uh, little while. I think, you know, if, if that is something that can motivate him to to be a big part of the Seahawks defensive line now. Look, there's no there's no doubt about it. The Bengals are not a flagship NFL organization in terms of how they're run. Uh, the way they operate, the ownership group, they are not the beacon of NFL success. We know that. The, the Brown family, they run it more like a, a small business, a mom and pop shop, and not a true mega corporation like many other teams do, much like the Seahawks do. And, and I always marvel. I've always been a Pete Carroll guy. I'm a USC guy, so I've always been a Pete Carroll guy. You see how the Seahawks are never really content with how their team is is built. I mean, they continue to make trades. They continue to make moves, even though they're one of the best teams in the NFL at this point. Um, where the, whereas the Cincinnati Bengals are now, you know, after a very exciting offseason, they're kind of in fire sale mode, it seems. Um, and, and you got guys that are discontent. I will say this. Carlos Dunlap was part of the most successful run in Bengals history where they made those five straight postseason bursts from 2011 to 2015. And he right. was a big part of that. He yeah. was a big, big part of that. And I think, you know, I don't know, again, how closely Seahawks fans have paid attention to what's been going on in Carlos Dunlap's social media. He posted something after Sunday's loss, uh, kind of a passive aggressive, my house is for sale type of thing in Cincinnati. And Tyler Boyd, Bengals wide receiver, who's had a great couple of seasons with the Bengals, kind of said that basically in an expletive laden way, kind of saying, I don't agree with this post. At least that's how it was taken. Look, Tyler Boyd's been here for five years. Carlos Dunlap's been 
with the Bengals for over 10 years. He's on his 11th season with the Bengals. So he has had to deal with this ownership group for six more years and had to deal with what's going on now, the fifth straight season of losing. So obviously, obviously some frustration has to be there on Dunlap's part and a fresh start for him and getting that bad aura in the locker room for the Bengals, I, I guess, has to be a good thing too. What I'm hearing from you is almost the similar kind of story that I heard before the Seahawks or right after the Seahawks acquired Jamal Adams from the Jets. Uh, you know, player who is not happy with his current situation, has had success, and was vocal about it enough on Twitter to at least get moved. So uh, I think the hope is, is that Dunlap, you know, although he is he's in a very different position in his career, obviously, than Jamal Adams, with Dunlap getting probably toward the tail end. I mean, he's 31 years old right now. I think he could still have some productive seasons left in him. But uh, even with the downturn in production that I'm hearing from you, Anthony, I, I think he can still he, he's probably still has more production this season than just about anybody apart from maybe Benson Mayoa on the Seahawks defensive line. So I, I think regardless of, you know, where he's at in terms of his career in production, I think he can help the Seahawks. I, I agree. I definitely agree. And I think he's probably got a couple more years of productive years left, whatever that may look like, six, eight, you know, maybe even 10 sacks a year. Who knows? Um, he's been a guy who's been pretty, pretty dang healthy his entire career. He, one of the things that makes this kind of hard for Bengals fans to swallow, I guess, from just a ro romantic standpoint, is the fact that he was so close to breaking the franchise record in sacks. Mm. Uh, was he only had one this year? If he had just basically one or two more, he would have been able to do that. And he, it looks as if he will not be able to do, to achieve that. So that's kind of sad, I guess, in a way. When he came into the league, he was a first round talent. And that fell to the second round. And there was kind of some concerns about a couple of things, one of which is kind of a motivation thing. Well, he's, for the most part, has proven that stigma to be wrong throughout his career. But I guess, you know, some of that talk has kind of reared its head again over the last couple of weeks with this situation going on and the lack of production. And again, fresh start, going to a winner, playing for a coach like Pete Carroll. I think that all plays into his into his wheelhouse in reviving his career potentially. And I think, you know, Dunlap was probably one of those guys, even though it was time for the Bengals to part ways with Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis was kind of a father figure and a well-respected guy to a lot of guys in that locker room. I think once Marvin Lewis left, there might have been a little bit. And a guy really close to Dunlap's age takes over as, as the head coach uh, for the Bengals. I think maybe that was something, and I don't want to speculate, but just my opinion, I, th I think maybe that's something that caused him to check out a little bit in terms of what's being built under Zach Taylor. One last thing before we get out of here, Anthony, the compensation. Are you at all surprised by that? Because I thought that A.J. Green would have been gone from the Bengals last season based on how things were going with the Bengals being in rebuild mode. They decide to franchise tag him. And then you have Dunlap, who, like I said, you have the history and then for him to leave essentially for a backup center and a seventh round draft pick, is, does that surprise you at all? Well, just to address the first part on A.J. Green, that didn't really surprise me personally. I think going the franchise tag route was the way the team needed to go, especially bringing in a rookie quarterback. You have a guy that they felt was finally going to be healthy, a guy who's a borderline Hall of Fame player in A.J. Green, and you kind of felt he would be a bridge guy for Joe Burrow, at least for this year. And I think, I think that was the right move, even though it's not really paying off very well for the team at this point. I, I think it was the move they had to make for a number of different reasons. Obviously, hindsight being 2020, you kind of look at that one now and go, eh. But in terms of Dunlap and surprised for the compensation, 
I'm I'm really not. Once I saw the once I saw the news about Everson Griffin getting a conditional six round pick, uh, he's a little bit up there in, in terms of age as well. I, I think a lot of Bengals fans said, "Well, that's kind of what's setting the market right now." And you've got a guy who is openly airing dirty laundry and you know uh, going against the team, and obviously that lessens the value that the team that the Bengals could get out of a player like that because teams know they want to get rid of him. So. You know, I, I wasn't really surprised. That doesn't necessarily mean from the Bengals side. I don't know a lot of people if there are a lot of people are pleased with the yield. Um, you know, a seventh round pick for a guy like Dunlap, who was one of the best defensive players this team has ever seen, is, you know, a little tough to swallow. And you get a backup offensive lineman. I, I, I think that'll help short term because the Bengals are battered on their offensive line. But I don't, I don't know if you're overall happy with the yield. I just don't know that you're also very surprised by it based on the situation surrounding Dunlap. He's Anthony Casenza. Anthony, thanks for coming on and breaking down the trade with me. Be sure and check out his work over at Cincy Jungle. Subscribe to his podcast, sbnation.com slash NFL podcast for this show, for his show, anything else on SB Nation. Anthony, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brandon. 